you hear me? <laughs> well, good morning. We are glad that you are here with us at Boiling Springs Baptist Church this morning. These flowers that are in our sanctuary this morning today are placed by Dave and Carolyn Gordon in celebration with praise and thanksgiving for 50 years of marriage on September 20th. Hey, there we go. Good morning. <laughs> You will see in your bulletin the deacon election information. We will be voting for our new deacons next Sunday morning, just so that you are aware of that. We are very glad that you have chosen to worship with us at Boiling Springs Baptist Church today. We're glad you're here.
opening is hymn is hymn number 571, You Are My All in All, 571. If you are able, please stand and join in singing hymn number 571. invite the children to come forward for lesson on the steps. Aspen, can you sit? There you go, girl. Where is Georgia? I don't know where Georgia is today. We're missing Georgia. Do you miss Georgia? She was in Sunday school. Okay. Well, that's okay today. She'll be back with us next week. Okay. All right. Fingers. How many of you, when somebody gives you a present, um, what do you say? Thank you, Annie Santa Thank you. That's exactly right. We say thank you. Well, sometimes we get things that we don't think about saying thank you about. Have you ever thought about that? What about when God gives you food? Do you say thank you? Uh-uh. Let's no. stop. You don't? No, we're not, Eliza. Um, yeah. Do you tell, thank God for your food? Yeah. Do you thank God for the air that you breathe sometimes? Yeah. Are you sure? That's awesome. Sometimes I forget. You need air so... You can breathe. Well, there's a verse in the Bible. I want to read it to you. It's from Matthew 25, verse 40. And the king said, 
What I'm about to tell you is true. Anything you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And sometimes we think about when we get a gift, we say thank you. And see, and I have a bag here with all kinds of little stickers. And if I gave all of you a sticker, what would you say? Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm going to pass the bag. Who is that? That's Aspen. Why is she here? She came to Sunday school this morning. Aren't you glad to see her? She's in, she's in Miss Celeste and Miss Catherine's class. Leave, um, Luke, can you give everybody a sticker? Can you pass the bag? I can. All right, you pass the bag. Everybody gets a sticker. Now, what are you going to tell Levi? Thank you. That's exactly right, Liza. You're going to tell him thank you. Just hand him one. It doesn't matter because then we're going to do something else with it. What we need to remember when we see somebody and they give you something, we always think about saying thank you. But we need to remember how many things God gives us each day that we don't think about all the time. So when we say our prayers, and even if you've already said them once, say them again. Say, thank you, God, for the air I breathe, the water I drink, the food I eat, for my mom and my dad. These aren't just gifts you can always put in your hand like what Levi's given you. Can we, thank you, thank you. Your eyes are being good. Can you remember that? All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all the wonderful gifts. But sometimes we forget and we need to remember to be thankful for thanks living things. Open our hearts, our ears, and our eyes to hear and see and appreciate the thanks living things that we have around us. Thank you for these beautiful children, for the families they came from, and the love this children this church gives to them. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning and welcome again to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here today. I do recognize a few new faces in the congregation this morning. I will be available uh, at the end of the service in the vestibule uh, directly out the back there and would love the opportunity to meet you. And so I hope I have that privilege here in just a few moments. Uh, Let me once again draw your attention to your bulletin before I pray this morning. As you open it up, there will be a tab uh, on the right side that uh, says prayer request at the top. And so if you have prayer concerns, please let us know those and put those, write them down, put them in the offering plate. But also near the bottom of that tab, it says Boiling Springs Baptist Church Cup of Cold Water Ministry. Many of you know last Sunday we began a new series of messages called What Disciples Do. And disciples take care of one another in the congregation and with those needs that we might have in the community as well. And so what I would like to ask you to do is to consider how you could help others both within our congregation and within our community. And so if you are available to help someone uh, go to the doctor or the grocery store, if you would please check that or some of the other house maintenance, some of the other items that are there. 
If you would please check that, we are updating. Uh, we have some records in the office of people who are available to do that. But as you know, things change, life situations change. And some of the people who have said they would be willing to do that are now the ones needing help. And so if you would like to provide assistance in any way to this ministry, please list your name uh, and information there. In Matthew 10, 42, we find these words out of the message paraphrase. It says, this is a large work I've called you into, but don't be overwhelmed by it. It's best to start small, give a, give a cool cup of water to someone who is thirsty. For instance, the smallest act of giving or receiving makes you a true apprentice. You won't lose out on a thing. And so this cup of cold water, in some ways, it's, you're providing something more than just a small thing, but in many ways, you're providing a small area of assistance for a family that may have a need. And so if, that, if you could help in some way, please let us know and, and tear that off and put it in the offering plate as it comes by a little later in the service. Before I pray, let me mention a few things. Let's be in prayer for the family of Ray Crow, who passed away this morning. This is the father of um, Anna Whitaker, and so we want to lift up this family in our thoughts and prayers. And also, let's also be in prayer for Roger Lowe's daughter, uh, Laurel Lowe. She is at the hospital awaiting gallbladder surgery in Charleston. And Linda Green and Roger will be heading out um, following the choir special this morning. Uh, just to be honest, if you see them leaving, you'll know why. But they are heading to Charleston, and so we pray for traveling mercies for each of you and for uh, Laurel, Laurel in this time of need. Let's continue to remember those who have been devastated by the flooding in Texas and those who have been devastated by the hurricane in the Bahamas. Uh, there are other needs that you bring into this place this morning, some very personal. I want to give you just a moment to lift those up to the Lord. Maybe it's a word of praise. Maybe you had a great week. The Lord certainly blessed us with some beautiful weather these last few days. But maybe you want to offer a word of praise uh, and a prayer, and then I will lead us this morning in our prayer. Let's pray together. God, I'm reminded of the verse in Psalms that says, As the deer panteth for the streams of water, O God, how our soul longeth after thee. Father, our souls need you this morning. Our souls long to be in your presence. Our souls long to hear your words through song, prayer, scripture, and through the message today. Lord, we hear so much in our world that distracts us from our relationship with you. And Father, we pray that once again this morning that we would be centered and focused on you and the message that you would have for us. Lord, we each come into this place today with personal concerns and things that are weighing heavy upon us. And Lord, help us to cast our cares upon you, knowing that you truly do care for us. And Father, help us to know that as we lift these anxious thoughts to you, Lord, remind us that the peace of God that passes all understanding can guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, speak to us in ways that we need to be spoken to today. Comfort those who grieve at this hour. We pray for the family of, of Ray Crow. We pray for those who are sick and in need of your care and your healing touch this morning. For Laurel Lowe, bless Roger and Linda as they travel today. Lord, for those that have been devastated by natural disasters and storms, Father, we do pray for comfort for those that are uh, grieving the loss of a loved one. For those that are seeking how to rebuild and start over again, Lord, we do pray for strength and courage as they face these days ahead. And Father, we certainly do pray for our church that you would bless us, Lord, with your strength, with courage to do the things and to be about the work of the ministry that you called us to here within our homes, within our community, 
and throughout the world. God, we love you. We commit this service to you. We thank you for your many blessings, and we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Our hymn is number 265, When We Are Living. 265. If you are able, please stand and join in singing hymn number 265. Malachi 3.10 tells us to bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. And a favorite hymn of mine since I was a child, and that was a long time ago, uh, is bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. All your money, talents, time, and love. Consecrate them all on the altar while your Savior from above speaks sweetly. Trust me, try me, prove me, saith the Lord of hosts, and see if a blessing, unmeasured blessing, 
I will not pour out on thee. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for the promise in your word that you pour out a blessing on us. But first of all, Lord, we have to give in order to receive that blessing. I thank you for each gift, each tithe, each love shown, all of our talents that we use. We thank you, Lord, that we can present them to you on Sunday, on Monday, and every day during the week. We thank you for giving to us, and then help us to give back to you, which in reality is yours to begin with. Thank you for this day, in Jesus' name, amen.
thank you so much, choir. A favorite, one of my favorites, and I'm sure one of, uh, of, of yours as well this morning. Let me just say, in light of what I said earlier about seeing some guests with us this morning that are new to us, we have a special event next Sunday morning during the Sunday school hour, so at 945, in our fellowship hall, directly to your right, over this way, uh, between the sanctuary and the LEC, is our fellowship hall, and in that facility, we will have uh, an event called Starting Point next Sunday. And so if you are new to Boiling Springs Baptist Church, um, we're a new member and want to meet the staff in a small, more intimate environment. Uh, but we will be sharing a little bit about who we are and what we do here, but also a little bit about Boiling Springs Baptist Church. And so we would invite you to come and to be a part of that special time next Sunday morning. Uh, we would love to have you and help you get to know us and to get to know a little bit more about Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Uh, you can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I want to say just a few words first. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning at verse 6. But as Boiling Springs Baptist Church begins to chart its future story and move toward uh, the people that God has called us to be and to be about the things that God has called us to be about, there are certain things required of us. I mentioned this last week, both personally and collectively. If we are seeking to advance the kingdom of God in our lives, in our community, and within our world, there are things that are required of us if we are to move forward in ministry with a stronger, stronger ministry and stronger witness. And so as a part of a new series of messages, I've titled What Disciples Do is what we're gonna, where we're going to be headed over the next several weeks. And of course, what we believe is certainly important as disciples of Jesus Christ, but nevertheless, um, uh, Christ followers are known not as much by what we believe, but as much, probably more so by what we do. How we treat one another in the church and how we treat one another outside the church matters to God. In James 1.22, James writes, prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Uh, this series will allow us to address several important uh, matters that I think will be important for us as a church as we, as we move forward. Last week, we looked at one that is essential for all other areas for the Christian, and that is disciples pursue authentic faith. Everything else we do, everything else, I can't emphasize that enough, springs forth from our own personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How are we spending time with him during the week when we leave this place of worship? How are we allowing Christ and the things of Christ to grow in us? Are we spending time in his word and in prayer? And uh, the music and the programs and the ministries and the missions, everything that we do springs forth from that. As, there, as a pastor, there are certain messages that must be preached during the year, and this morning is one of those. You don't advertise the fact that you're preaching, preaching on generosity and you're preaching on giving ahead of time because all of a sudden some people will say, you know, I, I have something I really need to take care of at home this morning, and so I'm sorry, but I can't make it, preacher. So I don't advertise this too much, but we are focusing this morning on generosity and on giving today. One of the things that disciples are called to do is practice generosity. And as we move forward as a church, this area is vital to our current ministry context and is vital to the future that God has for us. And so with this in mind, will you now join me as I read 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 19. Paul is writing to a young Timothy, and he writes these words beginning at 1 Timothy 6, uh, verse 6. Of course, there is great gain in godliness, combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world and so that we can take nothing out of it. 
But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith and take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who is his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the right time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, it is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. As for those in the present age that are rich, command them not to be haughty, or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. In verse 18, our focal verse for the day, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I had a question for you this morning. How many enjoy reading bumper stickers when you're stuck in traffic? Can I get a, can I get a hand? Can I get an amen? Um, recently, I don't know why, but uh, I guess the college, you know, starting in August, the population of Bowling Springs increases, and we might have to wait a little bit longer at our stoplight, or our eight stoplights. Is that right, Joe Webb? I think it's eight, eight stoplights, or June Hobbs, yeah. Um, but... Uh, so I'm, I'm finding myself reading different bumper stickers and not only the bumper stickers, but now if you have an SUV or, uh, or a minivan, you know, you have the stick figure families on the back and some are starting to do, uh, uh, creative things with that. I saw one family, I guess that's, you know, had a separation. And so there was one parent and a bunch of kids and it said, uh, uh, or uh, open or something. And it had, you know, it had an arrow to that. So I guess they were, they were looking for, for a new spouse, but so people do creative things with their, their stick figure families, but, um, you, you see other bumper stickers as well. And so some are political, some are, uh, crass, some are just, some, some are just plain funny. And then others, as a pastor, catch my attention, maybe a little more so than others. And you've, you've heard of these. The one that says, honk if you love Jesus. Text while driving if you want to meet him. You've seen that one? The other, how about the one that says, do you follow Jesus this close? Yeah. And I love the one that says, tithe if you love Jesus. Anyone can honk. Have you seen that one before? But today's message is one that has been relevant to each period or generation in which it has ever been preached. Today's text leads us to talk about generosity and giving. In 1 Timothy, Paul, who was a seasoned minister, is writing to young Timothy, and Paul lets us know that Timothy shows great promise for ministry. In chapter three, verse 15, Paul tells us why he is writing to Timothy. And he says these words, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household 
of God. Throughout Timothy, in 2 Timothy, Paul instructs young Timothy with certain things that he is to be about, certain things to fit in, I guess, with our sermon series that Paul would say you are to be doing what a young disciple is to be doing. Paul encourages Timothy in the beginning of the letter to fight the good fight. In chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, he tells Timothy to fight the good fight. And so near the end of 1 Timothy, he once again says those same words for emphasis, fight the good fight. Some scholars and theologians believe that maybe this was a charge to young Timothy, at his, uh, possibly at his baptism or possibly at his ordination. Maybe this was a message that, that resonated throughout uh, young Timothy's ministry is to fight the good fight. But before we look at what Paul is charging charging young Timothy with in today's passage, let me say that it is my firm biblical conviction that the church is God's primary vehicle for accomplishing his work on earth. As individuals and believers in Christ, what we do matters. I preached a sermon a few weeks ago about how love matters most, but The things that you and I find ourselves doing, the things that we are about each week matter. They matter to God and they matter to others. The Lord has ordained men and women who have trusted him as savior to be involved in the working of his will in the local assemblies, both here in Boiling Springs, Cleveland County, and throughout the world. Today in 2019, the church has an opportunity Uh, Not to run from the world, but to seek God's face and to discover, to discern ways in which we must engage the world. The world needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. The world needs to hear the good news that God loves them and has a plan for their lives. However, the church is struggling to find its voice amid culture. It's struggling. We're, we're, We're in unchartered territory. We're trying to figure out how to navigate this world that we find ourselves living in. And so, as we navigate this day, we must do what past generations have done. Look to God, look to his word, and ask how he would have me apply the truths that we are learning in scriptures, that we are learning in life. How would he have us apply these truths to our lives? What are we to be doing, to go back to that question? What are we to be doing as the people of God? We could never address all the answers to that question in a sermon or even in a sermon series. But over the next several weeks, we'll be providing some answers to that question of what disciples are to be doing now in 2019, what are we to be about? Remember, again, like I said, we must first be pursuing an authentic faith. We must first, that must be our first and foremost pursuit is growing in our own relationship with the Lord. Paul is writing to a young Timothy again, and he charges him. And the first thing we read in verses 6 through 8 is he charges him to be content. Uh, This word in the Greek has this idea of sufficiency. I have those things that I need. In Hebrews 13, 5, later there in the New Testament after Timothy, we find these words. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Our itch for things sometimes uh, drain the soul of contentment. Uh, What's the old adage that we need to love people and use things, but unfortunately we've started to love things and use people. And so we need to remind ourselves of the importance of our possessions and holding them in light of God and what he would have us to do and how he would have us to use the resources that we have. There's an illustration that some of you may have heard before 
um, in different ways. I'm not sure. It's one that I've, I've learned years ago. But in this particular illustration, Philip Parham tells the story of a rich industrialist who was um, disturbed to find a fisherman sitting lazily beside his boat. And the rich industrialist asked this young fisherman, why aren't you out fishing, he said. Because I've caught enough fish for today, said the fisherman. Why don't you catch more fish than you need, the rich man asked. What would I do with them? You could earn more money, came the impatient reply, and buy a better boat so that you could go deeper and catch more fish. You could purchase nylon nets and catch even more fish and make more money. Soon you'd have a fleet of boats and be rich like me. The fisherman asked, then what would I do? Well, you could sit down and enjoy life, said the industrialist. And to which the young man said, what do you think I'm doing now? As he looked placidly out to sea. We find a charge to young Timothy to pursue godliness. And we have the idea here that in uh, verse 9 it says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation. So we, it's like this, uh, this desire to get rich opens up other vices, opens up other uh, pathways toward ruin and pathways towards destruction. And then Paul reminds them that it's not money itself that's the root of all evil, but again, the love of money that, the, that is the, reser- uh, um, the result of, of evil. So if we are to be pursuing contentment, what else are we to be doing? Verses 9 and 10, Paul says, after he talks about the love of money, down in verse 11, he says to flee, to flee these things that lead to ruin and destruction. But what are we to do instead? He says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. And we find those words again, fight the good fight of faith. It, indi- it indicates a struggle. And for those of you that are managing homes and for the young adults that are in the room that will be doing that very soon, that is a struggle. Because when you receive the uh, bounty of your work, of your labor, and you're faced with paying the bills or furthering you know, something versus being generous, it's a struggle. And so Paul, I think, knew that when he was uh, talking to young Timothy and t- he knew that Timothy and that a young adult would struggle uh, with that temptation as well. The focus of our message is found in verse 18 this morning. Let me read it again. This is from the New American Standard. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. This verse doesn't speak specifically about offerings, but when we do think about money, we begin to think about our priorities and how we use our money. And both through our giving to the things that we give to in community and to fundraisers that even we have here at church, but also in giving to our regular offerings as well. In recent years, we've heard a lot about the 1% and how the 1%, and I don't know where it stands today, but how the 1% of the wealthiest people in the world today hold, uh, I don't know how many billions of dollars or how much they have tied up in, in the world's economy. But when Paul speaks about those who are rich in this present world, he's certainly talking about that 1%. But in today's financial landscape, I would also argue that he's also talking a lot about you and me and members of most U.S. congregations as well. If we are middle class, those of us that have been to Guatemala, those of you that have traveled at all in the world or just uh, have have learned a lot about the socioeconomics of, of our world that we live in, we know that we are rich by the world standards. If we consider ourselves middle class, uh, we have been blessed. And that is, is something that we can uh, certainly uh, be mindful of. Paul's words to Timothy and to us are very clear. God expects us to be generous, generous with our financial assets. 
As Bowling Springs Baptists looks honestly at our recent past and our present in regards to your generosity, this morning I have some good news and bad news. The good news is last year in 2018, more money was given to the regular budget offering for Bowling Springs Baptist Church than any year in the last 10 years. That's good news. The bad news is we still didn't meet budget. <laughs> um, something to keep in mind as well. Last year, we gave $60,000 towards the purchase of a new minibus. That minibus is now in our parking lot. That minibus is being used this morning to bring people to church. This year, we raised $60,000 for windows. And any time that we do those things, uh, people respond. Our church people respond, and your, gen your gifts are generous. And oftentimes, in the midst of your generosity, uh, it can take a hit on the regular budget as well. If Max was here, that would be something that I'm sure he, he could not be here this morning, but uh, I'm sure that's something that he would be uh, sharing in our business conference uh, a little bit later in the service. Each year, um, typically this sermon happens around this time. And why so? Because the summer months. I looked at uh, 2016, 17, 18, and this summer. This summer we started out at a better place, and then as the summer went on, we kind of got back to where we were the last few years. And so each time uh, of the year, around this time, uh, the budget takes a hit, and the, the part that we are behind is probably has the greatest difference right now versus other times um, in the year. But let me just share with you quickly how your gifts allow the ministry of Bowling Springs Baptist Church to continue and to do what we do. Uh, Ellen and Alan and the youth ministry, the children's ministry, are both beneficiaries of your regular gifts. They are able to do what they do throughout the year, not only with summer camps and special events, but they are able to do what they do because of your giving. We're able to support missionaries around the, both here at home with Cecilia Beck and around the world through your giving that happens through uh, gifts that are given through the Southern Baptist Convention and the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Your gifts are able to purchase curriculum that helps people grow in their Sunday school classes or in special small, group, small groups that meet during the week. Your money, uh, your gifts en enable ministers to respond to needs both within this church family and within our community that come up uh, throughout the year. Your gifts go to help with food pantry. Your, goes, your gifts go to help in many, many ways here in the church and for the furtherance of the ministry at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. A verse that has come to mean a lot to me over the years is found in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. And I'll be reading this out of the New Living Translation. Paul wrote, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. In verse 19, at the ending of the reading this morning, we find these words, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. Or as the New Living Translation says, take hold of that that really is life. Giving to the Lord's work is not only asked or required of us, but it allows a body of believers to do what we could never do on our own. Not only is our ministry stronger because of your gifts and your talents that you use and you being generous with your time and your efforts and your skill sets to help with the ministry of Bowling Springs Baptist Church, but this ministry is strong because of all of the gifts of all of God's people coming together to be used to upbuild the kingdom of God. Disciples practice generosity. As I close this morning, I'm grateful for the, the, the greatest gift that has ever been given and the gift 
of our Lord and Savior, the gift of God's Son, Jesus Christ. It is a generous gift that you and I have been given, a generous grace and mercy that the Father has bestowed upon us. And if you, if you have never responded to God's great gift in Jesus Christ, that invitation is extended this morning to you. God loves you and he has a plan for your life. And he wants to partner with you and partner with us as a church to accomplish his will. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. It is the most generous gift that any of us could have ever been given. And Father, as we have been given that grace, as we have been shown mercy, Father, help us to be generous to others as well. Generous to others within the church family, generous to others within our community, both with our time, our talents, but also with our, finance, with our finances as well. God, I'm grateful for the ways that you have blessed this church in the recent past, for the things that you have allowed us to help further our ministry with the purchase of a minivan, with uh, the upkeep on our facility, Lord, for fundraisers, for, for the youth and for the children, for other things that take place here that involve the uh, giving of our finances. Lord, we are truly grateful. Help us to be mindful, God, that our, our single gift alone cannot do everything that needs to be done. But Father, when we combine those gifts with the gifts of the church family, we can continue to support missions. We can continue to allow uh, classes to have the resources that they need. We continue to allow ministers to be able to respond to needs that exist within this community and around the world. God, we're grateful for your goodness and your generous grace that has been shown to us. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here this morning and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus Christ, the invitation is open. I would love more than anything to talk with you about that. If you're here today and desire to pray, the altar is open. And if you're here today and desiring church membership, I would welcome a conversation with you about that this morning. Let's stand and sing. Our closing hymn is Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated, hymn number 490. Let's stand and sing together.